We sit down with Fred Shot on the show today, and we go through all about Astro, open source, and some demos. Check it out. Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back, Perfect Peeps. Today on the show, we're talking about building faster websites with Astro. Today, we have Fred Schott on the show. Welcome, Fred. Hey, thanks for having me. Is it is it correct in saying you're the CEO of the new the Astro Technology Company as well as founder or co-founder? Um, I am one of the creators of it. Okay, um, but we have since kind of just all come together and created a company to support this thing. We think it's got legs and we want to see it grow. So, um, for open source today, that means we need to get some full time resources behind it, and uh, that's what we announced last week was the formation of a company to support Astro long term. That's really exciting. So it was uh, $7 million in Series A, is that right? No, still a seed. We're still seed. trying to explore okay. a bit. But um, cool. yeah, we were lucky enough to find some great investors who believed in what we were doing. And uh, we really want to hire. So um, those two That's things awesome. together, uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. The community has been exploding around it. So it's it's definitely being used in production today, which That's awesome. so, is officially the V1 uh, importance. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so with the technology company kind of in there, we, we often talk about like how OSS is going to be supported in the future. And it's it's a little difficult to like kind of walk that path and figure out kind of what's happening with OSS. Do you find the formation of the company is going to just help this project? Or do you see like a longer term goal like uh, Vercel has with their, their Netlify kind of on the side and that's how they helped grow Vercel to what it is today? Is there kind of something there that maybe you could hint about? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a ton in that question. Um, I yeah. mean, there's part of it is the web has changed so much where I think when I first got started in open source, it was like purely like, like the idea of funding an open source project yeah. was pretty foreign. Um, like if you'd like 10 years ago said you were doing that, people would have looked at you like <laughs> you're, you know, from another planet or from yeah. the It was probably um, like Apache and that, yeah. that's about it. Otherwise you're just doing it for fun or yeah. kicks yeah. or whatever. Or it was like maybe something that I, uh, like a company like Google was doing as a half marketing, half like part of pushing the web forward, but from a purely like bigger picture than actually like this open source is the thing we're doing because we care about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's absolutely. been a big change. Um, and that's just kind of like to compete, honestly, like users are expecting more from their tools. And yeah. Next.js is a great example of it's well-funded, which obviously supports a business around Vercel. But that comes back to building what is a pretty, um, just like well-designed and well-thought-through, and especially with good error messages. Um, that all takes time and full-time resources. It's yeah. really hard to do when it's just purely a community project as we've been operating um, for a long time. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a challenge. I, I know I always have to tell people like Linux is open source too, and that's massively used. So we'll all get there, but it just yeah, kind it's of depends. definitely not impossible. I think that's the like really like you know oh, that's the shining star, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's like the bad take I think on the other side of it is like oh like this just you know it's the you know, open source is dead, and yeah. I don't think that's true either. There's like you know Vue I think is a really good um, front end project that I is mostly fully um, community supported. Um, and they've done a good job of keeping that true. I don't think they've raised any funding like that. So it's possible. It's really hard to do. Yeah. And um, this was a path that we took because we think that there's a, a good story to tell around supporting Astro with a company behind it. 
So I probably I probably jumped the shark a little bit here. Um, so for the viewers who don't know what Astro is, can you give us kind of a, a little bit of a idea of how Astro started and like what it's designed to do? Yeah, so I've been talking about front end, so you can probably tell it has something to do with web development. Um, but yeah, we are a uh, way to build fast websites. That's kind of the motto. Um, and we do that in a really interesting way. So you might I've seen a lot of noise about Remix lately, or you know, Next.js is a big kind of um, big name in that space. Uh, we try to take a different approach, um, which is more aligned with tools that you might be familiar with if you're coming from WordPress or um, a static site builder like Hugo or Levendee, um, or even if you're coming from Rails. Um, we're trying to tackle this problem as less of a like, how can I build the best JavaScript application and thinking of a website that way, and much more along the lines of what does it mean to generate the markup that becomes your page? Um, building a website by thinking of it as a document being sent to the user. Um, less web app, more website. So for content-based sites like e-commerce or a marketing page, um, our take and what I believe pretty strongly is that user, the developers aren't really being well-served by thinking of that type of site as an application. And as a result, users aren't being well-served either because an application is a very different type of thing. It's much more focused on how do you share state and connect lots of different logic together and maintainability in that sort of application state. Yep. Um, but way less about how am I building this um, and getting it to my user as quickly as possible, as kind of cleanly as possible. And um, the simplicity there is really good for what Astro is trying to do. They're really aligned with what we see as the value of a content-based site. So I think with your, your tagline, build fast websites faster, um, does that also kind of include like the fast website? I, I think you've you've talked a lot about and like how to get static HTML to the page and things like that. But the faster part of that is that the tooling surrounding Astro is a big focus, so developers can like spin out pages faster. Or is this all the way down to like a marketing level person and they need to like spin up sites faster? Can you talk a little bit about the faster part of that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. The the fast faster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the really unique, our really unique take thing is that the fast site that you're building is not the result of you being an expert and fiddling with the knobs and spending two weeks performance tuning your thing. Um, we really want it to be the default idea of building a good site, a fast site, um, as the default without pushing you into tooling that's either feeling older, maybe harder to use, maybe more expert tooling. We think anyone should be able to build a site like that. So that means that we started with very different assumptions. Like the fact that a lot of different web application builders today are building from a point of, okay, the way to get started is to install Webpack or the way to get started is to create your first JSX React file. And already you're assuming NPM, you know how that works, Node, you know how Node works. Um, JSX is a totally different type of, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a superset. It's something that's very React focused. That's a JavaScript language. Um, all of that thing, when you say, oh, here's the getting started for React, you're assuming like 10 different things that are already alienating a certain group of web developers. And so the fast really comes from this idea that we want to be really fast to pick up, feel really modern, so you're still getting all the benefits of thinking in components and server rendering, all the cool stuff that those tools offer, but without throwing you into the deep end and making you fiddle with really advanced things, and instead coming to you as a web developer even if all you know is HTML and CSS, we've built a module system that sits on top of those things. And so we really try to think of it as a way to work quickly um, because we're not throwing a lot of stuff in front of you that you need to learn. And the things that you're learning are, are HTML, they're CSS, they're JavaScript as an opt-in thing. 
So you're kind of learning Astro as you go. The learning curve is really, really kind of easy to get and easy to pick up. Is that where the motivation to create it with different languages came from? Yeah, that was almost like the superpower. We realized that when we started thinking this way, like like a Nirvana moment, all of a sudden, like all these cool things um, didn't have to be additional features. They were just like benefits of thinking this way. So yeah, we're one of the only um, site builders that can both give you an integrated way to build with React and Vue um, or Svelte or Preact yeah. um, or Solid if you know the new stuff, but also without making you pick one and stick with it, which is like what a Gatsby or a Next.js, they're React focused or SvelteKit is Svelte focused. Mm -hmm. um, that's super limiting in a long-term way to think about like what you're building. There's always going to be something new that comes along that if you built your entire company so deeply into one stack, you're never going to be able to try that next thing. It's going to be a big maintenance when you do. So front-end frameworks for us, they're a way to build UI, but you're not betting on only one. We let you kind of work with anyone. And if you're a huge company, that's really nice because one site within the company could be built in React. Another team likes Vue. They're able to use Vue, but you're still coming together on the basics of how a site is built. So there's still a shared tooling that all of those frameworks can benefit from. That actually sure. transitions a little to another question I had about um, who is Astro targeting? So you talked about like big companies can use it across different teams that are using different, or is it more targeting the developers that want to like learn as they go and try different things? Yeah, definitely developer focused. I think that's the thing that open source has just been so eye-opening for us is, you know, we're able to work with developers. We're taught, we are developers. We're in a community on Discord full of developers. Um, you know, we have these static site builder roots that are just so much about like what kind of developer blog you're using um, and you're using Astro to build um, all the way up to, you know, what's this production website that's going to become your company's dub, dub, dub um, homepage. So we're, yeah, this is not at all like, you know, uh, enterprise solution to anything. We're, um, you know, we're not even V1. So we're still at those kind of like humble static site builder roots. But um, the content-based website is really our, who we're talking to. If you're building an e-commerce site, a marketing site, we believe that you're not being well served by the newest state of the art in terms of web application building. And also we think things have moved a long way from the last tools that we're targeting you were much more static site builders or PHP and WordPress and Rails. Um, there's a middle ground here where you can kind of get the things you like about those while still adopting the new modern technology that is kind of locked away in the currently the React way of thinking, the um, web application way of thinking. We're trying to draw a path between those two that gives you the best of both worlds. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. 
So if if I'm hearing you correctly, can you mix actual like components within a single page as well? Okay, so now now okay. you're getting the like what this all means. The implications start to unravel. We don't talk about it as much, but yes, like a hundred percent, we support that. Um, the reason we don't talk it is just kind of like an emotional one. Where I think that's called micro front ends. Um, I believe is a term that kind of kind of captures that. And some people really don't like that idea. It's like it's like uh, garlic to a vampire. It's just like, don't <laughs> want to talk about it. You hear that word, you don't you don't want to even think about it. So we we don't talk about it as much as we're worried people will get the wrong impression that we're pushing that. It's just one of the things that we support. If you are bought in on that, yeah, we are a great framework for that. Um, Solid, actually, if anyone's heard of that, it's the like new take on React. So it uses JSX, but in a really different way. Um, they were able to launch on their kind of launch day with Astro support, where we were, you know, they're just another framework. We tell Astro how to render a solid component, and then it just works. And so it was a really good example of like you as a React developer with a production React site, if you were going to try out Solid today, that looks like in other projects, go start a totally different application. And you're going to have to convince your team if you really think it's the best next thing to move their entire current app and migrate it entirely as a totally different project because they're just not able to talk to each other. In Astro, you could start with one component on the page. You could add a second. You could add a third. One page could be fully solid while others are React. And you have this really nice piecemeal migration story because every component on the page is essentially its own isolated render. So you don't really have to worry about how these things will um, step on each other uh, instead, you're mostly focused on how can they talk to each other, if that's what I need. That sounds a little bit like the islands architecture question that, yeah. Um, so can you explain more about that islands architecture and how it separates itself from the rest of the code base? Yeah, so island architecture is really the thing that we unlocked that has kind of blown up all of these expectations that we traditionally have about what a website looks like in the modern, um, like modern web development as a, a kind of catch all for this. Um, instead of thinking of your whole page as an application, which is, you can kind of think as a Gatsby or the Next.js model, if you're familiar with those tools, what you're doing is you're building a JavaScript application that's going to render on the server and then get sent as HTML to the client, but then it's going to have to hydrate the whole thing on the client. So you're kind of doing this double loading, even though you're sending HTML over the wire, which is kind of the most important thing for a quick response, a quick load time for the user. You're still then behind the scenes shipping a lot of JavaScript to make any of that interactive. Um, and that's the kind of traditional spa or kind of you know, JavaScript application part of web development. Astro takes a different approach, which is that the whole thing is instead of a foundation of JavaScript where it's all one big application, the foundational language that we're building on top of is HTML. So you're able to add components as much as you'd like, but you're doing it in a way where you're treating each part of UI as its own island. So that's the island architecture. So A, that means you can mix and match. That's like what a lot of these things we've been talking about. Um, but B, it also means even within your own application, A, you're defaulting to not sending any JavaScript at all. So that's really nice. By default, you're building something that's faster because you're just not having to hydrate if you don't need to. So um, that, that probably leads in the next one, uh, partial hydration. So if you're shipping HTML, is it like ESM that like finally loads the, the JavaScript side? How are you getting to that point of not shipping JS, but then loading the JS components? Yeah, so the really cool thing um, that we do is you can pull in any framework, right? So a React component, and you put it on the page, and it's just going to be pure HTML that gets rendered at build time, sent to the user. Um, partial hydration is the idea of how can we hydrate that one component individually. And if you've heard of progressive, I think it's progressive rendering or 
progressive hydration. There's a lot of terms that all kind of share different characteristics. But the idea is that that part of the page can hydrate separately from everything else. So not only is it an island in the sense that it is living on its own, it is totally isolated. So you have that control over what it looks like that won't impact the rest of your site. But the second benefit is you can totally control how that thing loads. So the default way would be, okay, I want this to hydrate when the page gets sent down, also load all the JavaScript so that this buy button, I can click it. Um, but you can also say, okay, load this. And you know what, this is actually a really expensive component and it's so far down the page, most users might not even hit it. I'm gonna say to load this only when it becomes visible on the page. And now you start to control the different parts of your site that are actually you know, based on your use case or maybe your custom knowledge about, oh, this is heavy or this isn't. You can start to control totally isolated from the rest of your site how things will load so that they don't impact the user more than they have to. Um, so that visible detection is like one of the coolest things that we do because it means your whole site can be essentially live reacting to only hydrate and pay the cost of hydration for what's on the screen visible. So can I, I won't do my company justice uh, builder IO if I don't ask like, have you checked out quick framework at all? Yeah. A lot of similarities there. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Like it's, so is it, Quick has like its own framework. Does does um, Astro have like a framework that it's making all of this possible, or is it just the tooling behind it that ships it somehow? Yeah. So Quick and Marco are the two that I'd say yeah. like I think we probably came around at the same time as Quick, but Marco's been doing this for like ten years. That's eBay's uh, yeah essentially their their templating system. I think they just had a new release. I, I covered it in our news at some point. Yeah, actually, that might be my like pick of the week because it's one of those projects okay. that like now people are announcing server components and it's like Marco did that 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like eBay's and it was kind of hidden within eBay. So like no one knew about it. Um, definitely ahead of the curve on that. But, um, you know, also feels a little enterprisey, a little bit less, you know, it's, it's got that kind of age to it. I think people hear eBay and they just like, check out yeah. for some reason. I don't know why it was such a great system. That... <laughs> Which is such a shame because I'm like, again, I, I, if I was an engineer on that team, I'd be kicking myself like, Every announcement that's like, yeah, we did that, we did that, we did that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Quick is really cool. Quick and Astro, I'd say, share a lot of heart about how a site should be built. Um, the big difference is that Astro is doing this in a totally framework agnostic way. So everything I've talked about will work no matter what your framework is. Whereas Quick is saying, adopt our framework and we'll give you this power. And it's definitely more power because they do that. Like we are a little bit limited in some ways, which we can chat about. Um, but the big thing that we're holding on to is you don't have to learn a new framework. Essentially, we're giving you HTML with sugar on top of it to add these components, and then you can jump into that framework of your choice. So really same spiritual kind of idea of how we think a website should be built and that like zero JavaScript and then only loading what you need. That's really unique across the web. So we share a lot of that. Um, the big difference being a quick is, is much more complex to learn. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. I'm curious, like when you when you say we have some drawbacks, like what is what does that actually mean? Is is there like a double loading that occurs or or something with Astro that might not happen with like a quick framework? Um, or no, a nothing, that, nothing that dramatic. Um, okay. I'd say the big so by supporting everyone, um, where we end up kind of having to reach across islands, let's say, for this buy button to trigger a a sidebar to load. Um, we're walking the line between us wanting to have a really good default for that, but also having to you know, solve that in a way that works on every framework. So view handles state differently than svelte. Um, they're not insurmountable problems, but you end up having like more of the Astro way to do things. And then you're opting into your framework and then you get like 
a new way to do things. So if you do it right, it feels really nice that you like have your super powerful front end components and then the like much more, again, simple, easier to get started with, like it's limited in a good way kind of thinking. Um, but that's very different from Quick, which says we want to own the whole stack. We want to own your front end, your back end. It's all the same framework. And we've designed it in a way that's powerful across that. We go for simplicity as a way to simplify versus um, just being a limitation. Sure. That's, that's really interesting. So you kind of like opened up the door for like Astro to kind of set the, the foundation or the building blocks to get created, but then allowing that any kind of framework to come in after that is, it's really unique in, in my mind, um, how it's doing that. I feel like that's somewhat of what like SvelteKit or Next.js was looking to accomplish, but it was very specific to a language, whereas Astro's like, bring whatever you'd like and we'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, the funniest thing we learn is that people start using Astro's HTML for more things. So like the theory is like, you know, JavaScript is great. It's really powerful. When you think that everything's JavaScript, you're gonna build everything as JavaScript. But sure. <laughs> after like pro users will end up writing a lot more HTML with our sugar for if they need an expression or they need to add a component. Um, but once you have that tool, it's really hard to be like, why would I write this in JavaScript if I like have this markup language that was designed for the thing? Why create the middle step of a JavaScript that's gonna render to markup at the end of the day? So, so it's really nice. It, it kind of speaks to that, like, you know, it, it's simpler, but in a way that actually makes you move a little bit faster because you're not having to create the middle representation. Yeah. Does Astro have that, like, superset? You said sugar syntax. So does it have a superset of HTML that it uses to create, like, vanilla HTML files? Um, yes. So there is something we kind of borrow the best from everyone. So oh, cool. um, if you've seen the um, docs, um, you'll see there's this to start a front matter section, which is probably the most, like, uh, opinionated we get. So ahead of your HTML, there's a place that you can write JavaScript and that's essentially gonna run before the page gets rendered. So you can create a variable. Um, yeah, if you go to component syntax in the basics, that'll be the most kind of walkthrough of what a HTML file looks like in Astro. We call it a .astro file, it's an Astro component. It's a superset of like enhanced HTML. Okay. So the cool thing here, like even in that example, it's like, we're not saying it's HTML the way like JSX is HTML, like this comment works. Um, you know, everything is HTML down to like how loosely HTML works. If you forget that H1 tag, it's still gonna support it. Is it a superset of HTML the way Svelte works? Um, no, even more so. Like Svelte will say you can't do some things in HTML because the Svelte compiler can't handle it. Um, we built on top of an HTML compiler. So anything you can copy and paste from oh. HTML will work in Astro. Um, yeah, we have this really cool Go compiler that uh, that Nate has been working on for a while um, that's built on top of those HTML roots. So we really wanted to kind of practice what we preached with being HTML first. And then is that front matter in Markdown? Yeah, so check that's that's the kind of most, uh, no, that's JavaScript. So you can put JavaScript oh, okay. in your front matter. And then you can see how we reference, um, oh, it's not even referenced there, but like you can run a console log, you can do whatever you want, you can import oh. components. And then you can go down to reference those in the expression. So if you wanted to put something, um, right, there's a component if you wanted to use a different component. That's pretty wild. So when when it actually creates this, how does, like I assume there's there's more to it than that just front matter like import statement. Is that like ESM import that it's actually pulling in? Or what does what a dot astro to a browser out on the web look like? Yeah, so the cool thing about astro, and it's again, part of this like, you know, instead of trying to solve all parts of the stack, we're just trying to create your like templating of the HTML that you send. So there is no browser that ever sees this. 
Um, you can really think of Astro as like, this is templating yep. in a much more modern component thinking way. Um, so is that when we try to compare again, just comparing all the things, right? When we, when we compare this to 11D, um, they're, they look like for full on templating languages. And it seems like you guys are focused more on trying to get as close to HTML as possible and JavaScript in there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, we really get the benefit of time where 11D is trying to support like nunjucks, handlebars, these like 10 year old ways of thinking about templating that were really popular before component thinking became a yeah. And now we see components like that idea has won. Like React is, I think, most popular because it lets you componentize everything, clear prop handling, really explicit data flow. And so that thinking isn't actually like antithetical. That like that works with server-side languages. Um, so we want to bring that same thinking to say that it feels like what you'd want to reach for if you were building a static site with 11D or, or even a dynamic site that was server-generated like Rails. Nice. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things that developers love us for is that, like, you know, you can pick if you know HTML, you know Astro. It really is that simple. And then you're opting into that complexity. So you learn how an ESM import works. Now you have components. You learn how an expression of JavaScript might work. Now you have the ability to pass a variable around or a value. Um, so it really grows with you, where like your whole site could just be totally static HTML, and we're still going to give you a pretty optimized result. Like we're going to build and bundle. And then you're picking up what you want. And really, the curve is, you know, it's it's less a curve and more of like, I don't know, like people pulling you up or oh, I'm getting sad. I really love that it's got this HTML first approach to it. And um, that brings up another thing for me. Do you have like ally warnings and suggestions for people in the different languages? Um, that's something that has definitely some, we, we care a lot about that, but no. Um, we're just trying to get the V1 out the door. So yeah. that's like the developer experience of building some guardrails um, very much is, is post 1.0 for us. Okay. But, uh, so I think I, you touched on it. I'll circle back to it. Um, it's the Astro compiler is written in Go. Um, the build engine is actually, uh, I was screwed up. Byte, Vite. Uh, Vite. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I always want to say Vite. I'm too nervous to say it. <laughs> I know. I, I always mess it up. I'm like, the, it's French, a hot topic. the French one, come on. Vite, you got to say the time. Vite. Vite, there we go. I like that. <laughs> so um, was there a decision there? Did you at one point have Snowpack in there? What did what did that look like kind of making those decisions? Yeah, I mean, this whole project spun out of the same team of people working on Snowpack. So if you don't know about Snowpack, it was uh, essentially at the same time as Vite was coming around, a really similar tool for working with um, a new kind of build engine that doesn't need to do bundling the same way Webpack does. It can do a much lighter tool for development where you're bundling less, shipping more individual files to the browser. And then still, when you go to build your site for production, that's when you bring the bundling back in. Um, like my early, early takes on what eventually became Astro, we're really in that space of like, what if you didn't need Webpack? And you know, <laughs> like five years later, now here we are. So V did a great job of seeing that same opportunity and then building an amazing developer community around that. Um, so pretty early on, we realized like, hey, why, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. The V team was doing a great job at that point. Um, Evan kind of flexed all of his uh, might coming from the Vue community. Where yeah. Evan, the creator of Vue, had also created V. Um, and so he brought contributors over, built a team really quickly, and just like that thing took off in a way that was really exciting to watch. So pretty quickly on, we realized like, you know what, why try and do two things if we can join them? make V better and give them feedback on our use case. Um, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So Snowpack was the original build tool. And then around fall of last year, moved to V so we could take advantage of that uh, ecosystem. 
That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a great way to put it too. I love the all tides piece. Yeah, it was. I mean, I say that now with a year of, of retrospect. At the time, it was like, oh, this really <laughs> hard. Oh, my hard work. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> your identity and your ego—they're all tied in. Um, it took a while to get there, but I mean, it's hard to argue with just how well they've run that project. Yeah, it, it helps when there's so much passion, so many people around something. So for sure, um, the the go decision I'm kind of curious about too, though, is that just because someone had a preference or like there was some like real specific items in there? Because I'm used to like checking out Hugo and used to build my site off Hugo and stuff. So just kind of curious on the the speed performance pieces there. Or like I'm sure Rust fans out there will be like, why isn't it in Rust? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, performance was definitely a big thing for us. Um, also, just the idea of being able to run anywhere with with Wasm. Um, uh-huh. it, it was as much, I think, a personal, and this wasn't me, this was really Nate who kind of spearheaded this. So from his end, I think he really had liked where using Go and saw a good use case here. Uh, ES Build was really popular as well, which was showing how fast Go could be when you tackled this sort of problem. The reason we chose a compiler as that piece is actually because that's really where JavaScript starts to fall down like javascript is great for so many things heavy computational work is really where it lacks because it's single threaded you're doing that computation work nothing else can happen in your process um it's like the thing that javascript for all of node's great stuff and qualities is just like instinctively not good at um, based on its design and so compilation is where a traditional tool or bundling is where webpack kind of slows down and minification like all these things are computational uh, we saw compiler, compiling as a similar problem space where we could actually get something faster um, if we could draw the line at the compiler and have it be its output kind of be the way that we talk to a compiled language. So this was around the time where we had Rome and ESBuild were going full, um, like compiled language, full Go or full Rust. Um, but our take was that actually JavaScript gets a lot of benefit in that it's such a wide tent in terms of how many developers could come and help out on our project. I am far from a Go expert, and the idea of learning Go full-time scared me to my core. Um, and so JavaScript does have this great thing. What it's great at is input-output I.O. And so it can tell Go to do something. It can go tell 10 different Go processes or 100 different Go processes to go do things and then just wait for the result. And that's where other languages will fall down. Like that idea of parallelly, like in parallel doing a bunch of work and coordinating that, that's where Node really shines from a technical level. Yeah. So. It was partially, I think, a love of Go and wanting to see how it could fit into our stack, but also a really kind of philosophical idea of where these technologies that ESBuild and Rome and others were exploring could eventually fit in, where we could use JavaScript as the kind of main surface area. And then behind the scenes, a really intense work could be farmed out to tools that do that really well um, without forcing everyone to drop JavaScript and learn a new language. Oh, I like that. That's a great explanation, uh, especially speed on the, the kind of threads going out and stuff too. Yeah. Basically, can we have our cake and eat it too? Get yeah. That data power without having to learn an entirely new code base that would feel very different to our audience, which is JavaScript developers and web developers. I'm going to do something that we we don't normally do. We usually do perfect picks at the end, but I think I want to do perfect picks and then do some more like visual demonstration because I think that'll help out our podcast listeners and, and our YouTubers kind of differentiate here. So transition a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think Fred, you had, you had put up a couple picks here. Um, one of them being TRPC. Is that correct? Yeah. So I will say off the bat, this is a blanket stealing my pick from something I just learned about yesterday (laughs) in detail. 
Um, so um, Theo, um, who is uh, T3. We don't ever do that, by the way. <laughs> T3.DG. 33.gg, I think that's his name on Twitter. And Theo, he's, he's doing a bunch of cool stuff. Um, one of the things he just showed me yesterday, we were streaming yesterday, and he showed me this library and really in detail how type safety is changing how we can think about the client and the server talking to each other. So obviously that's a lot of what Astro is talking about is how can this code base run on the server but help you build a client-side uh, website. Um, in the same way, this is kind of breaking uh, some assumptions about how these two things talk to each other where you can define things on the server around how your query might work. And when you change that definition, your whole app will break and you can go and fix it. Yeah, that's great. That's Theo, uh, we were just chatting with our year end review. He's like, why haven't, met, uh, why haven't I been on the pod? I'm like, here's your invite. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. he's uh, very passionate. So <laughs> definitely. Well, this is like SWC or if you've used like GraphQL, it's really an alternative to those things. And, um, this just that demo of like something about seeing red squiggles, like, oh God, something's wrong. And I didn't realize it. And now this tool, I, even almost honestly, this screen capture is like my pick of like, what a great <laughs> way to show like the feeling of red squiggles, but then the realization like, oh, that's better than not knowing they were there at all. Red yeah. squiggles and red type. I was doing a live stream today and in the GraphQL playground, it had like red around the stuff that was wrong. And I was like, this isn't right. Like I know something's <laughs> wrong <laughs> It just triggers your brain. Yeah, I just don't like when it's so immediate. It's like chill. I'll import that in a second. Like <laughs> the import's not wrong. Right. Back in the days of running a linter like once maybe and getting those errors all at once versus live coding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I heard you say it, so I put it as another one of your perfect picks. But Marco JS, obviously from the eBay team, shout out to those guys. This has been around forever. I didn't even know it until a few. I don't know, a few months ago, started talking about, started checking out like what version they were on. And it's, it's a really amazing tool. Actually, that gradient is really beautiful. I like that side a lot. <laughs> they, they really don't get enough props. And I think it's because they have the whole eBay moniker tied to it. Unfortunately. Ryan's doing, yeah, Ryan's doing a ton of work. Um, I'm blanking on his name, his last name, but Ryan is like the Marco turned solid um, maintainer. Oh. And he like, you chat with him for five seconds, he'll convert you into a huge fan of Marco. Um, so he's doing a great job, I think, bringing this to the kind of to the masses. That's really cool. Yeah. And also, uh, I'll use yeah. that kind of HTML reimagine that snippet on the left is like totally that thing about Astro that we love. Like Marco and Quick also super powerful, but like, what's that four color of line? Like, I'm sure if I spent the time to learn it, I'd get, I, I could read this like it was a native language to me. But um, that's that thing where it's like, yeah, it's a really interesting part of what we're working on. So that always jumps out to me. Like, that's can you offer this functionality without a new syntax? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I, uh, that totally like just looks like Angular to me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angular, another great example. Once you drink the Kool Aid, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That was my first language, basically. So, uh, Brittany. You snuck one in, so I might. Yeah, have to I did sneak in one in. Did you see that? Yeah, you might have to do these first. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so one of my picks is accelerating Svelte's development. A blog post that just came out as of the recording um, about a week ago. Ben McCann did this, and it's talking about all the things that are going on in the Svelte world right now. Um, how. We are doing the open initiative, the new maintainers that were added, the new Svelte Sirens project that I founded, and just a little bit about all the people and the new ambassadors that are in the Svelte Discord. So it's a really good post about what's going on in Svelte's ecosystem right now. 
Cool. Yeah, I saw that post last week and, and loved it. <laughs> like, it's so hard to do this and just speaks to like how seriously they're taking spell. Yes. And I'm very excited about Rich getting hired at Vercel and all the new things. I, f- I feel like this is the year of Svelte and also of Astro because Astro supports Svelte. Oh, yeah. Big supporters, <laughs> both emotionally and as a tool that you can use with Astro. <laughs> yes. Your second pick is a fun pick. My fun pick. Yes. So my kids watched Encanto a couple of weeks ago and I don't know. I was slow on the uptake on this because everyone else loves it the first go around. And I don't know. I I was like, I kind of liked it. It was okay. But now I'm like singing the Bruno song every day. Like you just can't not sing it. So it's really cute. If you have kids, watch it with them. It's amazing. We just uh, we just went on vacation and got back when when we're recording this. And uh, Encanto is all over the place. Oh, I bet. It's shocking, like how quickly they got that out there. So, yeah. I was gonna say my Spotify is just like only songs from Encanto. I don't, <laughs> I didn't click anything. It's just happened. Spotify has put it into my brain. Oh, Spotify is just like <laughs> feeding it to you. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not upset. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee this will autoplay, so I'll try to mute it real quick. <laughs> oh, good, an ad. Now you can okay, see like okay. something about my boss needs talked about. I so this is the last pick, the one that I snuck in. And I did this because the first time I heard about Astro was last summer. Cassidy Williams is in the Learn, Build, Teach community. She did a demo for us. And I thought it was like incredible. I'm like, wow, how can you use React and Svelte and do all in the same project? And she went on to do this Astro from the ground up. Is it from who's the... YouTube channel. Uh, it is Certified Fresh Events. Certified Fresh. So this is the Jamstack uh, community that is putting on the Jam.dev conference next week too. Um, but she did Astro from the ground up. It's awesome. Go watch that and check out more Astro content. Cassie's awesome. She's probably going to be doing tons of stuff now that she's not full-timing anymore. Uh, she is full-time. She's full-time at remote. What? I thought she like dropped her job. No, nope, I- she's She's working remotely at remote. Weird. I thought she was like left. Anyways, I won't get nope. into this. We'll talk <laughs> offline. Yeah. Cassidy is great. Was like an early supporter of Astro. And yeah, has just been, I think, in our Discord hanging out. Every once in a while we'll pop in. Um, no, yeah, Cassidy has been a, a huge supporter, which has been great. And I'm also speaking at that conference. I don't know when this comes out, but if that oh, is yeah. next week for our listeners, then I will be at the gym. I think I'm closing out the conference. And I'm pretty sure it's all recorded and we can watch it back live. I have a lightning talk at it as well. So I think I'm actually right. talking right before you. Awesome. I will see that we can coordinate some sort of handoff. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a physical. There you go. Yeah, like here you Perfect. go. Oh, yes, I did it the wrong way. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I only have one pick and I was going to try to show it off a little bit. I keep seeing it come through and I finally uh, tried it out as my tabs are all over the place now. Um, Retool, I don't know if you guys have messed with this or not yet, but it's basically, if you've played with Airtable or anything like that, you can connect out to all of these different um, like sources, essentially, database or like Firebase, um, CSV file, like whatever you want to connect to. They've got these cool like pre-built um, UIs, and I hope this logs in. So I, I threw together one the other day and this took me like seven minutes, I would say, to put together like these are all of our users. I can 
pick. Oh, that's broken. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm still new to it, but essentially I could pick a collection and it'll show all of our collections too. And it rebuilds the table each time for the definition too. And it's like, I don't know why, but I'm like, I think because maybe starting at Builder.io, I'm totally nerding out on all these like just UIs that you can drag and drop and build and everything is great in my world now. So things that integrate all these different pieces of the Jamstack. <laughs> yeah, like we went through the whole like, here's APIs and here's all the data side of it. And now it's like, let's put together all this fun UI stuff, but also make the performance like solid on all these things. So yeah. it's kind of a cool world we're living in, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, That's so that cool. that is it for uh, I think the podcast listeners. I'll I'll probably cut it off there for them, but we're gonna jump over to showing off some Astro bits and pieces. Um, I think Fred pr probably needs to like direct me on most of this, but uh, I'll try the best I can. Well, I've been talking a big game about a low uh, learning curve, so let's see if I actually <laughs> can back that up. We'll see if our faces block out too much here, but. <laughs> Um, so on astro.new, let me, let me do that. Astro.build. Yeah. And our homepage links to this. So if, uh, oh, but not there. So just go to the homepage. Not that one. <laughs> uh, where was it? All the way at the top, the get started button. Thank you. It's going to take you to our oh, like, you new store. Oh, it's literally a domain. My yep. bad. Astro.new is the domain. So a quick story about that, like Code Sandbox and Stack Blitz and all those ones have like gotten this habit of buying like thing.new. And I went on this like rant of like, oh, like who are they to buy the domain of the project I work on to just like push their own thing as the best way to get started. But then like I realized that our whole thing was just a dead white page. So I, <laughs> okay, we got to go build something better like to prove again, spite driven. Development. Driven development. <laughs> I bought like every coding cat thing I could, and then I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why am I paying for all of this?" <laughs> so yeah. I had to scale it back. Well, so that's fine. Just don't go and get mad at other people on Twitter, <laughs> and then you can secretly do that. I, I made the mistake of making it very public. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that said, if you go to astro.new, there's a ton of examples out here um, from framework examples, integrations. I'm going to open up just the plain old starter for now. Yeah, I can't see your screen, but that sounds great. Yes. Thank you. It's, uh, so I, it's always a... So I, I popped open um, this, this starter here, and basically, like, the readme kind of shows you the project and what's going on. Um, what I wanted to kind of check out, and Fred, maybe you can help me with this, there's this, like, Astro config file. Not doing much right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then essentially the only thing on here is this index page, I believe. I have a question. Yeah. What does MJS stand for? I know common JS. Oh yeah. You know what? That's one of those annoying things that the node um, like common JS to ESM transition is required. Yeah. Um, it can go away soon, but it was basically if you're in a project, you need to tell, yeah, you need to tell gotcha. node that this is like an import export uh, syntax. Okay. And JS is a really good way to do that. So you can think of it like .js. It's eventually going to become .js, but for right now, Node supports both, and so it's really hard when it just sees .js to know, okay, how do I interpret this file? Yeah. Hey, good clarification. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things you forget that you know it's it's, like, it's a new before. file extension. Yeah. yeah. So this this .astro right here is essentially, I think, I don't think there's a component. 
Nope, I'm wrong. So it, it does actually import this tour piece, correct? Yep. Yes, right here. Yeah, so you could go down into your layout and just remove the tour component. I think it's line 45, 46. You just remove that, save, tour's gone. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So how, like, what just happened, Fred? Like, <laughs> when when I when I did that, like, this is an Astro component, mm -hmm. not not like a React component. Nothing else is happening. What is what is actually occurring here? Yeah. So the best way to think about it is Astro component equals like HTML component or HTML template. Um, but with all the power of how you think about components in React or or Svelte, so fully server rendered. Um, but as you saw, you're in this kind of markup um, that feels a lot like HTML. Um, so you got your like HTML and your body and your head, and you're able to add things to that wherever you'd like. Um, so here we have the tour as a component, but you can also see above that there's a header and a div and an H1 and all those things. Um, a fun thing to call out kind of from the top, if you see that style component, or sorry, that style tag, um, this is how we do um, styling similar to Svelte and View. So this is going to be scoped by default. So if you had some other header somewhere else on your page, um, it's not going to style that. It's only going to style a header within this component. That's so cool. you're able to target much more general and not create class names just for targeting uh, styling. If you just have an H1 that you want to tag and style, you're able to do that. Do you do that with hash classes? Yes, it adds a special class behind the scenes that'll kind of have that unique identifier for scope. It's amazing how fast this stuff builds now. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm running this in a web browser too, folks. Like that's what StackBlitz is. Yeah, StackBlitz is a lot of fun and it means you don't need to sign up with an account or get started to just like have this in front of you. Go check out our StackBlitz uh, episode from, from last season. It was really cool. Nice. Um, so talk about now, probably the thing that most people use static site generators, they hook it up to data somehow and, and bring that in. This is a multiple author blog. I, I don't know if this is actually running any data pieces. So there's a JSON piece. I think it's pulling in here. Um, yeah, so it's actually, while you're there, it's a really important, yeah. um, we really like to be explicit about data and how it flows through the application. So this is something that 11D and even Hugo really take the opposite approach. They have this really powerful, but very implicit data flow, which means you put a data file in your data folder, like this data authors.json. And then Hugo or 11D, your site builder is gonna somehow magically put that somewhere that's accessible, but it's, you're just kind of trusting that the framework's done it. You need to go into the docs to find out where it lives and how to use it. Um, I believe if you go to maybe the authors page, um, you can see instead, this is just imported like a JSON file. So really the pages directory is the only special directory here that has like a page implication. Everything else, if you wanna use it, you import it. So you can import JSON, you can import a component, you can use a components directory, which is what we do in a lot of these demos, but you could also have like, you know, Fred's components and, uh, you know, Brittany's components. You can organize your source folder however you'd like, and it's still on you to make that import connection when you need something. So a lot of similar similarities here to like Next.js or other, um, other frameworks that you're used to using. Author has kind of the brackets around it, giving it like a generic path and then uh, get static paths is is spot on here too. Um, yeah. So it's it's going out to fetch those posts and build them, um, and create all the the paths under those. So if I go to author Don, I assume that's served out by um, this actual author page. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, we're like really borrowing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it just looks like TypeScript is in there too. So is that TypeScript by default? 
Yeah, TypeScript support by default, um, SAS support by default, Tailwind, I think might be a thing you have to switch, but otherwise kind of on and built in. So we really like to have a lot of good defaults. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think there was- And that can all be done because you have a build step and you compile all of that away in the end if you're not using it, right? Yeah, yeah. So 11D is a really good example of um, its simplicity does in part come from the fact that it doesn't really touch bundling and JavaScript. Like it can offer this really good HTML experience because it treats JavaScript as something for you to handle separately, which kind of has that same like implication. Like, oh, hey, cool, I'm going to use more HTML. That's what we saw with Astro, people using HTML more because it was the thing being given to them, like and myself included when I use Astro. Um, but the difference for us is that we still want to make sure that if you are adding JavaScript, we're optimizing it for you without you having to become a, you know, performance bundling experts. So we still have style bundling, uh, script bundling, um, eventually image optimization and font optimization. Like all of these things are very much within what we consider our responsibility so that you don't have to worry about it as someone who just wants to build a site. Nice. So I'd love to um, show off, this is the React example. Um, I'd love to show off, I don't know if I can do this or not. If I open a new window, let me, let me try this once, see if it works. I go to network. Let's, let's do slow 3G. Let's see how this goes. I probably shouldn't have the page up already, but I just <laughs> wanted to show like how quickly this loads. So there's there's the full thing. At what point can we tell even that um, React has loaded? So at this so point, it's I, I, I love the idea of illustrating this. I would recommend going to um, okay. Docs, our Docs site. Okay. What you're seeing right now is a lot of the dev output, which is going to be less optimized because you're in the middle of active development. Gotcha. Um, but load this up with the network panel and do the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, there are components on here that are, I believe, preact or I think even react for the uh, search itself. So I'll do this. So yeah, it's a little 3G. Might have to go to fast 3G. Bear with me. We'll yeah. see. Slow 3G is real slow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that 3G is going away, by the way? Are they talking about making it go away? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Open bandwidth for 5G. That's wow. crazy. That's worldwide? You heard that? Um, no, I think it's just here in America. Okay. Uh, so it looks like everything kind of quickly loaded up. Is there a interactive portion I can go to? Yeah, so right there on your screen, actually, you'll see these components being loaded. So sidebar toggle, language select, sorry, in the network um, panel that you have open. Oh, gotcha. Um, those items you have in that list are components being loaded based on how we've told them to load. So sidebar toggle, I believe, is, um, I think they're all just like generally like kind of loaded when the site is idle. Okay. Um, but if you would put them as, as visible, which I think the... Um, this one looks like... Yeah, and I'd be curious, actually, I bet I don't see, if you scroll down, I think you'll see the dark mode um, component load, because that is, is not currently visible. Yeah, scroll that little sidebar. Who is it this one? Yeah, so see if oh, that, yeah, there, there you go. go. So theme toggle is that button right at the bottom there. Wasn't visible on your screen? Why pay the cost to load it? So it's actually, in this case, it's a visibility piece, not necessarily an interactive piece. Like yep. there's some things like with Quick, until you click that thing, it's not even interactive, right? Yeah. I, okay. I don't know Quick well enough to say for sure, but for yeah, us, totally. yeah. um, we're, we're looking into like user-defined ones. So you could actually build any sort of in, interactive, you know, on Click, on Hover, on Focus. But right now, the visible one is the one that we see 
you know, we want it to feel interactive right when you see it and yeah. then you go to click on it. Yeah, that that's no like <laughs> I don't mean to nag or anything like that. It's just a difference on showing it. Um I'm curious in this example specifically, is this just raw JS you guys are using or are you using a I think you said preact was yeah, it? Yeah, I think uh, the and it's we're kind of doing a bit of our own mixing here. So the search and this is a great like real world example. Yeah. We built everything with Preact because we knew we didn't need too much complexity and Preact's a really fun project. We don't need to do everything. Um, but the language, or sorry, the search box is coming from Algolia, which has this really nice open source um, free search that they offer for a doc site just like ours. Well, that component was shipped as React. So now we had this like, oh, God, I have to rewrite everything or you know, move everything. And we were able to just like, nope, that can be React. That's fine. Preact is so lightweight. We don't actually have to migrate or worry about anything else. Um, and eventually, that's like kind of something we want to tackle. There's no reason for it to be React. Um, I think they're about to ship the like V solid be one of whatever that ends up looking like, and that'll be much more pluggable. So there's this kind of cool, like, you know, eating our own dog food of, you know, we'll just bring that component in. We'll worry about the actual upgrade later when, when they're a little bit more stable. So I'm sure you've, you've probably written a lot of these examples. The, the last one, which is the one I'm curious about before we run out of time here. Um, this is, this is the multiple kitchen, <laughs> sink, multiple framework. Yeah, do it. Load it up. Okay. It's, I will oh, tell everyone it's a mess but it is showing off something very cool and very unique to Astro. So here's some, some TX, cool some belt <laughs> counter. Uh-oh. This is crazy, right? Yeah. It's a counter have... in every framework. <laughs> yep. I think we tried to get rid Some of these might even be nested. So, I mean, this is like really like, I don't know how much of this will make it into V1, but for now, you can nest components within each other. So a Svelte component can live inside of a React component. It starts to break your brain and melt your brain, but it's some really cool kind of bleeding edge stuff you can do here. I feel like to a point, like I, I've done a lot of micro front ends for, for different companies, specifically like in Angular web components. But when you get into like this flavor, it's like, okay, what, what version of the framework is loaded? Don't yeah. stop on top of each other. What router are we using? And it's like... Yeah, it's insane. It's a big reason why we don't. I think it's yeah. I think that's actually the perfect way to put it. It's really easy to shoot yourself in the foot. Um, but for the people who want to do it, there's a really good case if you know what you're doing and why you need it to go for it. So yeah, it's that's a fun experiment that I would never say. Here's a great like here's the yeah. starter app for your project. I would never. Say that. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's cool. That shows exactly what you know what you're trying to utilize Astro for and like how to use every single component piece. That's awesome. Um, you had one last thing. I, I just, I wrote it down cause I'm kind of curious your viewpoint on it and we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, you said something about WASM. I'm curious with like, you guys are super hot on HTML, which I'm all for. Um, where, where do you see kind of the future heading, though, with like WebAssembly versus HTML? And where does Astro kind of fit in there? Oh, God, or that's does a question. Um, well, I'm far from a WASM expert. I'm way more in the JavaScript tooling side of things. But um, I think there's a couple of things I've observed, which, yeah, basically don't take this as an authoritative take, but it is someone who cares a lot. Um, one is that idea that the projects that are fully moving to non-JavaScript languages, but still targeting a web audience. So ESBuild is a really good one. Um, we'll even use ESBuild as an example. 
really powerful tool that's clearly like changed the way people think about build tooling. It's pretty much only one maintainer doing all that work. Yeah. So really like compare that to Vite, which has this huge community, or Svelte, which you just saw, huge community. It's really hard to build a community of that size around a tool that is in a language that is different from your audience. Because um, you know, that audience can't come in and get involved as easily. Yeah. yeah, totally makes sense. I remember back when Google was trying to like, you write Java and we spit out this other thing and it just never right. flew, right? So right. totally makes sense. And so much of node success is based on the same thing. Like, oh, it's JavaScript. I know JavaScript. I can be productive in JavaScript. So um, that's on the tooling side of things. I think Wasm is a really cool way to do maybe piecemeal like our compiler or you know the way that others, like the way that V treats ESBuild. It's this one step for building and bundling and optimization. But all the complexity really lives in the coordination of that. So if you can really define the problems really small and really explicit, and then bring in WASM or bring in some compiled language, that's where I think in a hybrid model, the most benefit is where you get to keep your community and your connection to your user, but still bring in the power for what Node is bad at, which is that computation. Yeah, yeah. that totally makes sense. I, there's there's certain tools like Figma and things like that that are using it. I'm just like... Ooh, I'm, I'm kind of curious where all this will end up. So Yeah, I think on the front end, that's where it's much more kind of curious. I'm really excited yeah. to see where that goes. Like tools like Figma, like you're loading up a full application and you want to behave like an application, you're going to pay a big loading cost for it. And WASM files are generally not super small. Yeah. Um, but you're getting a ton of power out of that, which you, you would be really hard to do. Figma actually has a great blog post. I wish I knew the name of it about how they built in like security into their plugin system. And I think they I can't remember if Wasm was involved, but it was this like idea of how you could run code safely in sandboxed ways. Yep. I believe yep. they like leveraged their power of of compiled Wasm to do that. But I, can't I, I think we have a, a link floating around Coding Cat somewhere. I'll I'll find I and try to put it. Just posted one in the chat. I don't okay. know if that's the right one. The title definitely looks good, um, and maybe that links to the original one because it says it's an update, but. Yeah, you could probably just Google a couple of keywords. I, I don't mean to take us on a final. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I probably it's the best example of why I'm being used in the browser well today. I think. Yeah, um, I agree. definitely throw that in the show notes, though. So, yep. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing, Fred, before I let you go? Uh, I know people probably know you as FKS2. You have it there listed. Fred K. Shot is full name. You can oh, find, yeah. find Fred everywhere under that amazingly so good work on that but anything i'm missing about astro or you or or Boom. anything you want that's that's the handle i go by most um yeah no i mean astro is super exciting and we're still preview one so there's a ton of stuff being done in our community really proud of the community that we've built around it you can go to astro.build and uh click the discord logo or go to astro.build slash chat that's where i'm hanging out all day that's where the team's hanging out all day um it's a real kind of community project still at its core and uh yeah. Thank you for having me on to uh, talk about the future of the web. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Later. Take care.